Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 85. We're talking about safe pair motors. This is Part 2. We started talking about safety features last week. What do you want to see in pair motors as far as safety is concerned? If you want to watch us, go over to clearproptv.com or just listen to us at paratalk.org. Here's episode 85. Got the parachick in the uh, chat, Brian Waller, PPG. The other Nick is with us. Welcome to the show. We got five people right now. Hopefully we get a couple more people in here in a little bit because tonight we're going to be talking about safety in paramotors and safety in pilots since Amy George just brought that up. Thank you very much. All right, so um, before we start the show, like we always do, we're gonna introduce everybody that's on the panel. Uh, we got Mark and Amy George from Paraswag USA. Welcome, guys. They're gonna be talking to us about how they are implementing more and more safety stuff, and Mark is upside down. That's pretty interesting. Safety stuff uh, into paramotors in paraswagusa.com. We also got JP Tulo in the house. JP is our TikTok Tulo. Um, TikTok Tulo, tell us a little bit about uh, your TikToks and are you up to millions and millions of views yet? Oh, uh, I got a couple of big hits, but uh, uh, most of a lot of my videos recently just been kind of not doing so good. I don't know, but that's not what I do it for. I just have fun with it, you know. Um, and really, more than anything, it's nice to go back and look and have a record of of flights and events and stuff and be like, oh, I remember when that happened or, oh, I remember that one time uh, who's his face crashing up in a lake, you know, stuff like that. Is, is um, it easier to look back on TikToks or on YouTubes? Um, I mean, the, the nice thing about TikToks is they're so quick, you know, it's short and right to the point. And, um, you know, YouTube videos, you kind of get lost in the, the length of the videos. Um, and which is another reason why I like making the TikToks is because it's a 60 second clip. You can, you know, spend weeks making, a, you know, a 20 minute YouTube video and, um, well, you know, they everything has their ups and downs, but it's whatever. Whatever. Well, sounds good. I guess we'll, uh, if somebody wants to see your TikTok stuff, how do, how do they get to you? Um, you have to buy me a drink. For, oh, my oh there you go. There you go. I like oh, that. I thought Just you buy said you a drink. something else. Uh, you can go right here to uh, JP Tula. And uh, yeah, right there. Oh, okay. JP Tula on TikTok. Uh, and then uh, or www.jptulo.com goes right there. Um, JP Tulo on YouTube, JP Tulo on Instagram. You get the point. Um, that is my thing. So right on. All right. Good deal. Um, all right. Thank you for sharing all your TikTok stuff. <laughs> I hope you get uh, 100 million followers just because Absolutely. you put that on there. Appreciate um, everyone's support. If you guys, uh, find me and you uh, heard about it from the show send me a, send me a message and i'll uh, follow you back or something yeah show, say that show the say, love back yeah say that uh, clear prop tv sent you or ppg grandpa sent you and uh Absolutely. maybe he'll maybe he'll send you a prize right hey or a tonight, shout out tonight well, there is a shout out or something on the on an upcoming clip maybe Ooh, there you go tonight there is 
a prize that we're going to be giving away at eight o'clock. So make sure you say hi to JP Tulo in the chat and let them know that um, you want to be in the spinning wheel of winning things. Yay. All right. Thank you, JP. We also got Brian. Hey, Bill Waller in the house. What's up? Hey, Bill. What's going on, guys? How are you? I'm glad that you made it here this week. We've been missing you, buddy. Yeah, man. I've been missing my unlimited data plan on the phone I used to have and uh, traveling. I have a uh, Wi-Fi. I finally got a good spot with service. Uh, I'm in an awesome spot in New York. I made it all the way up here and uh, been flying off the top of a mountain here. You're going to have to wait for the video, but it's coming soon. Uh, it's been a long trip since I saw y'all moonshiners. It's been awesome. But if uh, y'all want to check out some of my videos, you can see it at ppgbrian.com. And uh, sometimes you can find me here on Monday nights. Not as much recently because I've been traveling, but uh, definitely uh, looking forward to catching up tonight. Well, traveling is always good. What are you doing in New York? New York, New York, man. Yeah. So uh, about a year ago, um, a guy that watched my YouTube videos up here named Jim, he uh, sent me some beer from a local brewery up here that was a, apparently a big sought after beer called Treehouse. It's delicious. And uh, he sent it to me on, on dry ice and I got it four days later. And it was still cold and uh, it was awesome. And we, we've been in contact ever since. And I said, if I ever get through this part of the country, then I'll come visit. And it's turned out very nice. Um, I spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania after leaving Kitty Hawk. Um, I probably got about 20 flights in Pennsylvania, Jersey Shore, Carlisle, Eastern Pennsylvania, Buddy's Farm, Nevada, and uh, got to fly with some some names you've probably heard of before. Uh, had, some, had a good time, no doubt, man. Got some awesome, epic flights in over clouds. Just uh, I've been doing a lot of big wingovers and stuff lately and uh having a lot of fun man it's, it's been an incredible ride it sounds awesome i guess you have to be retired to be able to do such a thing and we we love you and uh we 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 are living vicariously through you with all your uh, cool shenanigans that you do make sure you run over to ppgbrian.com subscribe to his channel and uh, hit that bell notification his stuff is absolutely amazing we also got never trust a skinny chef shane what's up buddy opel you're on mute, so in case you're saying saying something, we we can't hear you, bud. There hello from hello from Camp Mac over in Lake. I think it's Lake Wales, somewhere over here, close enough to Lake Wales. Cool. What we what are, you doing over there, bud? We are camping. Uh, we've been camping here since Friday. We leave tomorrow morning. Um, we're actually kind of partially packing up tonight. Put the golf cart. I don't know if you can see it or not in the back of the truck. Uh, my daughter's uh, boyfriend's graciously enough, nice enough to uh, tote it home for us so that we had it the whole week or the whole weekend. And, uh, yeah, we've just been uh, camping. I've done some flying um, last couple days. I went flying last night. And if when I get home, hopefully when I get home, uh, the video came out good. I have a learning video that uh, happened to me last night. I wanted to share with everybody. I just have to get time to edit and uh, get it out there. But how many times has uh, you guys heard about active, actively flying your wing? But it's not really necessarily explained what that means. Well, I have a video 
where all you see the entire flight is me looking up at my wing and making corrections in this rough, unforgiving air. And uh, I think it'll be a really good uh, learning video. I didn't figure that out until after I watched the video. I was like, holy crap. I would look at the ground a half a second in four minutes at, at my wing because it was doing everything and anything but flying straight. So you could see all the corrections in my hands. I mean, it was just a constant uh, correction the entire flight. So was it like was it like rotor or thermals or what? Well, as we were flying, we ran into a rain cloud that was coming towards us. It wasn't raining, but I it we took off one direction and when we landed, we landed in the opposite direction. So it literally changed direction and it was just just nasty air and it didn't show that on any of the apps that we looked at. So, lesson learned for me, um definitely helped with bump tolerance greatly. I learned a lot from it and uh, hope to share the video and, and uh, help any of the new people out that uh, have trouble understanding exactly what uh, active flying is, actively flying your wing. I can't wait for that to happen. Does he look like he's turning into the Hulk? I mean, yeah. he's turning he's turning all green. Do you see it too, or is it just me? <laughs> no, it's my it's my light on my uh, camper. It's yeah. my Porsche. Yeah, he's turning into the Hulk. We understand. The sun is going down here, and I'm sitting outside because everybody's inside in the 62-degree uh, air conditioning while I'm out here in the 90-degree with a fan blowing on me, and I'm still sweating to death. Well, are you going to be back home for tomorrow because there's something that happens tomorrow and Tuesday nights, right? Uh, no, I will not. Tomorrow night will not happen. Um, <clears throat> tomorrow's the sixth anniversary of my son. I, I believe it's called Coming Home uh, to Heaven. And we will not be doing a show tomorrow night. I'm not going to be in, a, in the best of moods. So we will have to wait to the following uh, Tuesday. All right, bud. We definitely are with you in spirit and love you and sending prayers. Absolutely. Thank you for being on the show tonight, uh, Mr. <laughs> Shane. You can always go over and find him at uh, www.ppgshane.com. Subscribe to his channel. Hit that bell notification. He's uh, always pumping out some really good stuff. Who else do we have here? And uh, there we go, ParamomUSA.com. Oh my goodness! And we can we can see you, we can hear you. Yay! This this I'm is good. the clearest. This is the clearest I think I was ever able to see you on the show and hear you. What's going on? I know. I'm so excited. I, I it's a learning process with the phone. But we got it down. We got it down. So if anybody, anybody out there, you want to be a guest on our show, just email me, paramomusa.com, and uh, we'll get you hooked up. I'll get you with Sean. Jump on the show with us. We have a blast. It's all good. Or you can find me on Thursday nights at paraglidingtalk.com. That sounds like a commercial. Thank you so much. And we love that you're the cheerleader. We appreciate you 100%. Um, uh, we also got uh, Flying Flamingo Jade and PPG Lear on the panel tonight. That's really awesome. How are you guys doing? Hey, guys. We're doing well. Um, just uh, getting things kind of wrapped up from our last trip. I don't know if you guys knew we lost some tires and got new tires, got them mounted, got that fiasco taken care of. And uh, 
everybody's been trying to talk us into going to Ohio. And I think we're going to go. And I think we're going to take the little trailer. And um, uh, we're just going to sleep in that. So we won't have a bathroom, won't have a shower, won't have a stove. You mean no one can poop in your shower now? <laughs> Man, I'm starting to think about this. This is starting to suck. We should take Wait a minute. Bill. Wait a minute. I have, I just bought a, uh, it's, I think it holds 5.3 gallons of waste. It's a personal um, porta potty thing that you put in your camper. Um, Jade can borrow that. She'd be the first one to use it, but you have to dump it. I'm not dumping it. Um, <clears throat> but they do at, at Dave Purdens, they do have outhouses. Um, they do have uh, water. They don't have any showers, anything like that. But I did just buy a double outdoor shower house thing. Um, so if anybody is in the need of taking a shower, that's on the let me let me clarify this. That's on the show. <laughs> I don't need a community uh, shower. Uh-huh. But, uh, if you guys need to use that, you're more than welcome. It's it's uh, the setup's pretty cool. It you can see it in Brian Waller's uh, video that we talked about on last Tuesday night show. Um, it I mean you got hot water, you got privacy, and uh, it's good to go. So, but Jade, if you need to use that for your business, then you're more than welcome. I'm just saying, I'm not going to use it. Actually, oh, I might, I take that back. Someone's supposed to be flying in Friday morning. So we might have to come over. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll talk about it later. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I just totally forgot my wife's coming. So, 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 Jade, you get to use the toilet. Um, apparently, Eric, you got to go outside. Yeah, that's Eric typical. Will, I feel Eric, like I'm back home in Wisconsin. Eric will fill it up the first time. Yep. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Jade, you also have a show that you do on Wednesday nights. What's that all about real quick? Yep. Really? It is Girls Just Want to Fly. Girls. And it is Wednesday nights. Stop yourselves. Um, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central. And this week uh, we have three gals. It's a mom and a daughter. And they're from Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. And another gal from Minnesota. And they are hot air balloon pilots. So we're going a little bit different way of aviation this week. Well, this actually sounds really good. And um, just in case y'all didn't know, which I'm sure you do because you watch the show all the time, uh, Jade has an all-female cast that talks about paramotors and other forms of aviation. So make sure you go over to paramotorgirl.com and uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification. So you are um, aware when she goes live and posts new videos. Now, Eric, you also fly, but you don't really post a lot of stuff up on your YouTube. Is that correct, bud? Yeah, that's correct. I, I film a lot, but I just use it for basically if anything goes wrong or if I see something neat. You know, I don't, I don't really post much. Um, I run out of time. This YouTube and, and stuff just keeps me busy. That's Maybe true. Cool. That's true. And if you're doing YouTube and stuff, then you can't go fly. And that's what we want to do in the first place. Eric exactly. made uh, a JP Tulo TikTok. Who wants to see it? I do. Let's see. What did I do now? Yeah. What happened? Oh, I, you saw it. It, uh, it wasn't anything flying. It was this one. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. There's Eric. Did you get his reaction? There's Eric. Yep, he did. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who flew over who? Um, I think it was a friend. It was just uh, oh, a friend. Okay. Yeah. Vis friend. Visibility looks great. <laughs> yeah. Well, the camera um, makes it look worse than it was. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was free and clear of clouds for a mile, and the the it camera was, lens was it, just. This gives you kind foggy. of a better idea of uh, the situation. Yeah. Like the visibility was absolutely fine once you get out of that oh, little yeah. layer on the surface, um, but down low it was kind of sketchy. So I see, I see the field and everything perfectly fine down there. Yeah, read road right. numbers two four. Yeah, right there. Yeah. So it was not the greatest visibility but questionable you know uh, it's up to interpretation if you will yep i don't think that's clouds that's fog so that doesn't count oh, yeah, yeah. So. we'll say that we also got uh will fly in the house will fly ppg.com he puts out some really good videos if you haven't been over there go over to willflyppg.com. hit that subscribe and bell notification tell us a little bit about your shenanigans mr will are you are you there or frozen and if you do want to talk with us you definitely need to unmute yourself he goes ah oh, crap i'm muted what i'm muted there, go there you I go there you go I just had a really nice flight. It was short because I, I didn't want to miss the show. But um, yeah, I mean, I love flying paramotors and I like making videos about it. So, I mean, that's that's my gig. Awesome. Now, you know, one of these days we're going to have to pick your brain on how you do all this editing. Number one, what do you use to edit all of your videos? Because they are so amazing. I'm, I'm curious what what what. What do you use? How, 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 how do you do this? Uh, I use Final Cut Pro and uh, Apple Motion. Those two oh, use Apple Motion. You know what? I need to buy that. That sounds like a good idea. So you're a Mac guy. Oh, yeah. Yep, since the start. And how long have you been um, flying a paramotor and how long have you been editing like this? A uh, year and a half uh, flying. A little over, well, over a year and a half. But... Um, <laughs> editing a year i did my first video about a year ago wow and you're that good at it well i mean <laughs> i just i can't say i'm good at it but i mean it's a lot to learn really that program is pretty extensive all right well i think everybody here on the panel is going to say will fly pumps out the best um videos out there i don't know you guys that are watching this in the chat what do you think do you have you been over to will fly's channel if you haven't go to willflyppg.com check out his last video about moonshiners wow i mean editing like like a superstar well thank you for moonshiners. what's that it was a lot of fun moonshiners yeah. was a lot of fun there was a lot of good material to work with there thanks, yeah, thanks to you sir <laughs> uh, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt hey brian I, I really enjoyed your video your last video uh that you put out from kitty hawk awesome oh, thank, thank you man yeah and I, 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 re I recognize your background there somehow you know it, lo it looks familiar yeah um but, but when i was out you know i was out a little bit too far but that's where the dolphins were i was circling around the dolphins oh my gosh i can't believe you didn't see that 
dude, it's not illegal. It's just accepted risk. I yeah, mean, it's, it, you know, it, you're right. You're that's right. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I, I, I wanted to get out of there. That's the first time I flew with flotation. So uh, that, that was a that was a heck of a flight. Yeah, it's a little more than ankle deep there. <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's actually good that you're talking about this because our, our topic tonight is safety with gear and safety and pilot skills. So um, that's one of the things that we do need to talk about is the risk versus reward. And uh, you are out, will fly um, kind of far. I mean, if you had an engine out, would you have made it back to the shore or not? It, it would have been marginal. I would have at least made it to the wave you know, to the break of the waves at the very, very least. I don't know that I was quite out as far as it maybe looked like I was there. Um, but, you know, like Brian said, I mean, there were the dolphins and that was the risk that I took. Um, would I do it again? No, I wouldn't do it again. But I will tell you this also, it was my very first beach flight. So, Me too. Yeah. Hey, hey wait. It was only your second morning flight, if I remember correctly. And last. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless I get to fly around the Empire State Building or something like that, you know, <laughs> it's going to take a lot to get me to fly in the morning. <laughs> but that was well worth it, Brian. That's awesome. That, that is awesome. Um, let's go ahead and say hello to people in the chat real quick. Um, we got uh, the Parachick, Brian Waller, the PPG, the other Nick. Uh, mainly paramotor will fly flying flamingo jade um what is this mad slopper i i don't think i've even seen you here before so welcome um randy milstead mark mcelroy jr paramotor jp tulo deuce milstead in the house um let's see mark h he's mark h is always here welcome bud let's see who else do we have mark george Amy George from PearSwagUSA.com. Yeah, I'm singing now too. Uh, Susan Ray, uh, Jim Sierra 120, Aaron I. Um, let's see. Kent Stamey in the house. He says, Hello, Pear Fam. It's freaking hot one. It's a freaking hot one today. And he donated 10 bucks in the super chat. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Brian Waller. Of course, he's right here with us anyways, but, you know, it's always nice to hear our uh, name every once in a while, which means PPG Grandpa's in the house, too. PPG Grandpa, woot, woot. <coughs> uh, Yankee Paramotor, what, what is that? Huh, 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 huh. What, what, what? He wanted to hear his name. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen uh, Skinny Chef Shane in the uh, chat yet. I'm, I'm scrolling down. I'm trying I'm trying to find That's you. That's because it's Cupcake Krista. I'm on her phone. Oh, Cupcake Krista. All right. <laughs> just just made it there. Cupcake Krista. And, of course, never trust the Skinny <laughs> Chef Shane. Um, Walter from Down Under. What's up, buddy old pal? I'm Let's uh, see. Angela Preslick is here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I think that we got everybody caught up. If I didn't call your name, say, hey, you didn't call my name out. And I will scream your name out because that's what we do here. We, we like you guys. Um, and Paramom USA, Lynn Anderson, but you're not in the chat. Why are you not in the chat? Oh, because you're on your phone on Zoom. I'm here. I'm not okay. in the chat. I'm here. 
Uh, I don't know how to do the chat for my phone yet or whatever. Well, we are glad that you are here. But I am the out of control cheerleader tonight. You, you are definitely out of control and we appreciate you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Ray. Kay Ray in the chat too. Nice. Kay Ray, my wingman. Kay Ray, nice. Kay Ray and Susan. Yeah, Kay Ray. Kay Ray uh, and uh, a one wheel grandma, I think, is Susan. Right? Something like that. Susan? Kay Ray. <laughs> Bob, hey, Sean, Bob McFly. Yes. I got a quick little thing to show you, man. Sure, so, sure. Skills go work. Oh my! Oh my! Can you see it? I. Nope, nope, I... Nope, nice <laughs> PPG Grandpa's getting ready to uh, test his gear out. PPG.com. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did it work? I didn't hear what 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 that what what that Grandpa oh. said. I could hear him. It's, it must be my laptop. It said clearproptv.com. Oh, clearprop.com. <laughs> so you couldn't hear the audio. You're, you're cranking your engine, obviously. You said clearprop TV. All right. Yeah. It'll be on a YouTube video. We won't have any issues. Well, believe it. Well, believe it or not, what's really neat is when I say clearprop, I always say clearproptv.com. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, that's, I that's, kind of, that's kind of our motto, you know, it's clearproptv.com. I like that. I of, like course, of course, JP is like, oh, clear prop. I thought it was like see-through props. That's I, I thought that was our podcast with see-through props. I like that. Yeah. This whole time I've been waiting for translucent propellers. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So tonight's safety. What do we want to see? as far as uh, paramotors and safety equipment um, in the future. I mean, if you could have any paramotor, what safety features would you like to have on your paramotors? What kind of, um, I guess, uh, like, like strobes, like the accessories, you know, what kind of accessories do you want on your paramotors, strobes and floats and things like that. Um, if you have anything like that that you are thinking about right now, say something in the chat so we can talk about it. And um, we also have Mark and Amy George. Uh, they own ParaswagUSA.com and they they have some safety equipment that they want to talk about. Who wants to talk about it, Mark or Amy? I don't see Amy, so Mark. Here's something for Will right here. <laughs> Will float. Yeah, will no will will flock and will swim. He can will paddle. <laughs> will inflate flotation. <laughs> so y'all y'all remember meeting Nick down at the uh, we, we we couldn't see it. Go ahead and go ahead and let's see it again. What is that? What am I looking at? These are power floats. So people that are listening to the podcast, what is it? This is a chargeable, pretty much life jacket for you for you and your paramotor, and they make I, them in different sizes. I believe. I can barely hear you. Like your microphone is, I don't even. Is this better? Not so much. Here, use mine. Wow. Okay, that was loud. <laughs> My phone works better. No, I hear Necro. Or turn your volume down. Hang on, one moment. There we go. Right. You 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 I'll might show it off. you might have our show in the background and one of your tabs that's from the. Uh... Oh, they both they both got their microphones on. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, not now. Okay, 
So yeah, these are power floats. These are made for your uh, paramotor, for you and your paramotor. They make them in different sizes. I believe this is a 70. Uh, then we have a 60 here. And the only difference is, is the size of the cartridge that goes in it. You actually have a pull cord. If for some reason it doesn't deploy or you want to get it deployed before you hit the water, but they actually have sensors built into them that when they get wet, as soon as they read water, they automatically deploy. All right. What, what is the 60 and 70 you were talking about? What does that mean? That is just the size of the cartridges that go in here. Dude, that's a huge cartridge. No. Yeah. So the big, you have the bigger one here. So here's your 70s. And here's a 60. Well, how, why would I use a 70 or a 60? Is it because of the float, the size, how much weight it has to um, carry, or what? It's, it's both. It, the floats are different sizes, and, what? and uh, they'll fit different paramotors. You, okay. you may not need that much. How, so size how, does matter. How do we know what size we need for our paramotor? Based on weight. The weight of the paramotor plus gear plus everything or what yes correct because you're going to have it all on so when we want to get floats we get up with mark george at paraswag usa and we ask him about this stuff how, how do we get up with you uh you can reach us at sales at paraswagusa.com uh, is there a phone number that we can reach you at or is it uh, just sales is on the website yes all right. So if you if you guys are thinking about getting some sort of floats, um, we can get up with Mark George over at Parasway USA. I see what you're doing. Thank you, bud. And go to contact us. And there is the customer support number. What is it? 903-293-3150? That would be correct. All right. So that's a good safety feature. Um, hey, uh, Ken Stamey wants to know what the price is on that. I believe these we, we actually purchased from a school uh, when we were at Bad Apples. An older gentleman approached us and said, hey, I'm closing my school. Would you like to buy some of the stuff that I bought? I got and we ended up buying some helmets. We picked up some helmets for a customer and we picked up these floats. Um, I, I would, I think they sell for around three ninety nine, but uh, since we got such a great deal on them, we were letting them go for two ninety nine. That is a good deal. Wow. I have a question about that too, Mark. Yes, sir. So, as far as they, they attach, I'm assuming the they, they attach to the shoulder straps. Yeah, I'm. I, let me see here. They don't just no. They actually attach to the frame of the paramotor. If you can see these, this is this is one set. This is actually just the power float. The other one is actually a U float. That's going to be your difference on your cartridges as well. Okay, one has a lot more flotation device built into it. These don't. These are just going to be like you said, JP, for your shoulder straps. Okay? I hear dogs in the background. Whose whose dogs is that? <laughs> Who, whose dogs is that? This oh, right that here, is yours? Okay. This is a U float. This one actually will go all the way around the pilot. If you can see that it's folded in half. 
for for people that are listening to this podcast, can you explain um, the difference between the two that you just showed? Okay, so the youth float attaches to the paramotor frame. It goes on each side of the paramotor and around the back of the pilot's head. <laughs> These right here are just for each side of, of the harness. Hey, I got a question from... Uh... I got a question from Kent Stamey. He wants to know what the clear prop family discount code is for pair swag. Uh, for Kent Stamey, you can add 25%. <laughs> wow. I, I feel the love. You should ask me what the discount was. So... So how do we know if we need to get one of these power floats, Mark or Amy? Uh, if you're in the desert. I'll tell you what Kyle Osley told me. You fly over water and you don't have a flotation mm -hmm. device, you die. Yep. Looks like Mark is trying to talk, but he's muted. There, sorry. Yeah, JP might be the man to ask about it, but Hang I believe... On. There. That um, the top statistics in deaths in paramotor flying over the water and drowning. It was. It, it, it's one of the tops now. I think prop strikes is uh, right up there as far as accidents going. Um, uh, we're talking about accidents and deaths is different. I mean, prop strikes. Yeah, talking about deaths. Yeah. 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 Prop strikes is, is the highest in. in, in uh, Accidents, Acc and accidents yeah. Death. As far as uh, that's yeah, I think it's drowning. So, which we brings were... you to another thing, right? Ground oh. starting. I saw it again the other day, man. Seeing a new person in a new place, and and they do it all over the place, and I cringe when I see it. I don't go over there and get onto them. I don't know if I should. I mean, I was just going to ask that. You know, when you see something like that happening, do you do you go up to them and say, you know, that's it, not? It, you know, it depends. In this particular case, is a very famous YouTuber. His buddy did it, and uh, I was like, okay, well, obviously this guy's experienced. I'm not going to say anything. So, I mean, it depends on the situation. Yeah. If I, if I feel like it's a newbie that somebody is looking for help, trying to learn, and I see them do it, absolutely, I say something. But if it's somebody that I know has got years of experience of training, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's, it's different when you, when you, I mean, somebody who's that experienced, they've got, they know better. You know, they know the risks they're taking there versus someone who's brand spanking new or, or a new pilot. Well, also, well, I, guess I just want to say, since it was a famous YouTuber, Will, you need to not do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I've never done that, thank, thank goodness. But hey, um, that brings up another point. The, it, because he was a famous YouTuber, he sets a bad precedent for others watching, you know. So, because we he's a famous carry, YouTuber, we should all carry from, from that, right? Can't get hurt if you're a famous YouTuber. That's right. Is that how that works? No, it's not how it works. No, oh no, that's if you're a famous TikToker. TikToker, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that if we can all 
you know, share with people of caring community and actually part of our responsibility, no matter how experienced someone is or not, just to give a gentle reminder to someone. You, do you still got an echo on your thing, Amy? I guess it has to do with Mark's phone. He was using mine so y'all could hear him. I don't know. Hey, Amy, I'm totally with you. I get it, but I, I recognize that there's different circumstances. Like an aviator, uh, if you come there and you ground start, they kick you out. You know, there's there's pretty really, much, yeah, that's it. You, know, you, you wow. might get one warning. You might get one warning if you show up as a student. You know, somebody that trains somewhere else, uh, and you show up at Lake Wells and you ground start. Um, you, you may get a warning if you're lucky, um, but then you'll be asked to leave. So I mean, that's that's how they look at it. Um, there are some things that you can do or buy that makes it safer to ground start. Like the um, like, what are some of the things that you can do? One of them, if it's a clutch, you can put a bungee around your um, prop. And then there's another safety one too. If it revs up too high, it cuts out. You guys know about those? The Scout Safety Start, I think. Yeah, it's a smart start system. Smart start. Which, once again, though, everything has failures. So I don't know how. Uh, I, I'm. Most of the time, I hear those guys turn those off on the scout because it causes so many issues or it prevents you from being able to start it. So um, I've actually heard Tucker complain about that, I think. Uh, so it's something that's good in theory, but when it comes to practice, it's not that good. You know what I've found to be the most practical thing is just put it on your back. Like, um, if you've got a rack, awesome. Um, I don't, so I just, I, I, to be honest with you, I used to ground start, um, and I had one scare and, uh, I've made that decision early on in my career that I would never be one of those guys posting on the Facebook group of having an accident. Like it's kind of a pain sometimes, but honestly, I don't even think about it anymore. I've got in the habit of only starting on my back and it's like, there's really no other option for me because I don't have the rack for my car and uh eh, i don't know i mean it's just not even a thing i don't think about it i put it on my back i i fire it up and that's it um yeah it's not worth there, not worth taking the chance there are cases because, oh i'm sorry jp that, uh i think about what you're about to say is the issue with me when i started it i checked my throttle um everything was good it revved way the heck up for no reason. I don't know if there was something internally, like I had over flooded it or not over flooded, over primed it or under primed it, but there was something going on weird in the carburetor that as soon as it fired, it went immediately to eight that like it revved straight, straight the heck up. I was not on the throttle. I was on the, uh, the kill automatic right away, but it didn't matter. It, it had got enough momentum. It knocked me right on my butt when uh, this happened to me and uh, you can't, Especially when you're not expecting it, you can't hold a motor. A most are going to 8,000 RPM, you know, with your leg. Uh, your first reaction is going to be to something, and it's not going to end well. Not going to end well. Go ahead, Will. Well, I was going to say, like the other day, the rack really wasn't handy because the other day I was having a heck of a time. I could not get my, my motor started. And, you know, after a while, it, it becomes, you know, it just wears you out. 
But uh, so, you know, putting it on the rack really helps so long as it's secure. You know, I mean, I, I, I put it on the rack, tie it down. And uh, I actually have two little metal clamps that go over the frame so it can't come forward, even if it's strapped, even if it's not strapped down. But uh, um, I got uh, a, a custom rack made for mine. The whole cost, I think it was like $170. That was custom made from, uh, I don't know if you call it a fabricator or, or whatever. So, uh, hey, works for me. I'm, I'm writing that down. The custom rack sounds really, really like a good thing to have. Um, I just got like a Harbor Freight rack that I put it, I put my paramotor down and I used the ratchets and I ratchet it down. So every time I get to my LZ, I'll start it up. I'll let it warm up. I get, get my wing out. By the time that I'm ready to fly, my motor's already warmed up. Um, as far as safety is concerned, do you guys think that warming up your motor for a couple of minutes before you take off is a smart thing or um i've seen a lot of people that just get a cold motor they go out they start it and they don't even run it up and they just they just go you think a run up before you take off is a good thing or a bad thing or safety concern not only is it a safety thing but it's also not good for your equipment to to take a, a cold motor and, and just you know straight launch it um, that's a lot why a lot of the people have problems with uh, exhaust pipes cracking is uh, that that uh, metal expanding too fast when it goes from cold to hot, you know, in just a minute or two. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely you want to take it to full RPM before you launch so that if you have an issue, you have it before you're in the air um, versus being up there and uh, or not being able to launch because you can't achieve full RPM and you run into a a tree or a gate or run out of you know um right taxiway before you get midair so yeah absolutely yeah um anybody on the panel have anything that they would love to see on a paramotor that just comes standard one of the things i think that we talked about last week was a hook knife that just comes standard um somewhere on your harness anybody have anything that they'd like to see standard on paramotors Oh, and the uh, oh, the uh, Dudek harnesses, I believe, uh, going along with the hook knife theory, is uh, they have a little rape whistle um, right here that you can take off, and uh, so you get lost or something, you know. So that that could be going there uh, with your knife, Sean. Dudek does have a, a whistle. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a couple people. Um, even even my angel has a, a whistle on it too um, but uh, what are the things that you would you guys like to see on a paramotor or a trike that would be a safety feature that should be on everybody's paramotor like you know um, why are the hoops not already floatable I mean there's there's they're they're hollow why are they not filled with some sort of foam or something right i mean that would make think, them more i think the answer for that is just because of give and take um if you don't fly over water you don't want to sacrifice the added weight of that or as well as the added cost to, of having that versus having just 
you know, metal frame. If you fly in the desert or if you fly, you know, never over water, you, that's not something that's going to be important to you. So, but if you're, you know, flying uh, on the beach, whatever, absolutely. That's a, a great option to have. Um, Mark, Mark McElroy or McElroy, sorry. So used to calling him the wrong name. He said for the fifth time strobes, he thinks strobes should be um, standard on every paramotor. Yeah, I mean, once again, I agree. It adds it adds cost, though. It adds cost. It adds complexity. What if you never fly, you know, in that the thirty minute before or after sunset window? Um, it's a great idea if you know you're made of money, but if you're trying to enter the market at a competitive price point, you can't add features that not everyone's going to be interested in. I totally agree, JP. But let's see by a show of hands. Who flies paramotors and is not interested in flying 30 minutes before sunrise or after sunset? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know anybody. Definitely after sunset. Yeah. I fly with my strobes on every time I go out. Um, yeah, just yeah. one more way of people seeing me up there and and I would too if it was tied into the electrical system on the motor and I have to worry about a damn battery. True. Good point. I mean, that would be awesome, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So that's something interesting that I didn't even think about that. You know, what if you are flying in the desert, you don't need something. And how much more weight would foam be in the hoop to make it well, buoyant? Hey, actually, Jim, CR120 says uh, he's uh, I'd like to know why the fuel tanks aren't positioned with their buoyancy in mind. So in other words, because the tanks are so low when they if you land let's say with a quarter of a tank of fuel and you got all this extra airspace in there because it's so low all it wants to do is push your head into the water if you land but if that tank was towards the top of your motor say sitting on top of your motor and i guess more or less gravity fed um into your motor the fuel tank to your motor then when you do land in the water you would have buoyancy already naturally above you which would keep that, your head above water. That is, um, I actually, Jim, that's that's a really good point. Um, kind of, that's a damn good question or point to make. Um, if that tank was actually sitting, say, about your shoulder or head height, not that I'm too comfortable having fuel <laughs> above a hot motor right at my head, but uh, it's not like I would lose any hair if it caught on fire. But um, I mean, if you go into the water, it'd be perfect because then it would be above you all right and the fresh breeze has that right now yes it, it does you can't block airflow to the engine though i mean you you got to be able to cool the head of the engine and the engine block um that's part of the design you know to allow the engine to cool as I well mean, as 99.9 percent .9 of the of people aren't going to have water landing and you got to think about how comfortable it is to walk around with a motor where the center of gravity is up at the top versus right. being down low. You know, it's going to be about comfort, comfort for the majority versus that 0.01% of the time that you land in water. It's right. 
I've seen I've seen uh, frames that you know have flexed and the prop actually you know cut the fuel tank, um, and if it cuts the fuel tank down below, you know that's not horrible. But if it cuts it above, you know, right here where your head is, and uh, that that means that you'd be full of gas. I don't know. What do you think, guys? Um. Typically, if you're moving forward, whatever, if there's a leak behind you, it's going to continue to go behind you. But yeah, if I wouldn't, I'm with uh, Shane that I don't want fuel really close to my face. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. And remember, too, we saw that um, paramotor that had the battery on it that caught fire. So if that battery was up top and it caught fire, and the uh, fuel tank is right before, you know, right behind you. That would have been kind of dangerous too. There, I mean, there's just so many, so many things out there that are dangerous. So I didn't even think about the the battery um, bursting either. Um, battery packs. Um, what is it? The uh, which ones are the ones that blow up, and which ones are the ones that do not blow up? So lithium polymer are the ones that are pretty uh, sensitive to charging, and but they they expel a great amount of energy very quickly um i don't think there's any paramotor that's out there that is factory electric start that's using a lipoly i do use a lipoly on my trike but i keep it in a uh fire retardant bag uh, with all the other electronics so what, what what's the difference between the two type of batteries i mean why do we keep on using the ones that you know can catch fire so easy do they they just hold um, better more, charges more or energy, what? More energy they have, and they're lighter weight. Yeah. Yep. We started Eric, using said, something different though. We are starting to we we found these adapters. I found a guy online using these drill battery adapters for his kids' Hot Wheels. Those uh Hot Wheels uh cars and trucks that they have that they ride around on those are little electric ones. Well, the batteries for those things are expensive. So they started making these adapters that you can hook up to them and run the Hot Wheel off the drill batteries, the 18-volt, 24-volt different batteries. So what I did is I took one of those batteries and one of those adapters with a relay and a switch, and we've hooked them up, and they actually work well. And to me, that is way safer than anything else out there right now because I have dropped my Makita drill battery numerous times off of houses for years. I've had them for five or six years and used them over and over and over and recharged them in 15 minutes and they work and they still work years later. So we've got them out there now. We've got a couple out there in schools and we've made these adapters. Dewey's, uh, Eric, uh, out there at Moonshiners, she had that same setup, so you saw it. Yeah, and those are lithium ion. <clears throat> but um yeah so situation like that is perfect you know and and absolutely and like jp said the only benefit of a lithium polymer is you get more of a boost out of that pack and they're lighter now when you're talking lighter you're only talking ounces lighter you're not talking a large amount of weight Okay. Uh, Will Fly, did you just raise your hand? Yeah. Well, I wanted to, uh, Jim was asking me about, I wanted to share the screen here real quick, if I could, just to show him what I'm talking about as far as uh, the secureness of the rack setup that I have. 
maybe it'll give somebody a good idea of when they have theirs made, you know, how to make it, if that's okay. Absolutely, please. Uh, let me uh, share the screen. Share the screen. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, make sure you run over to clearproptv.com and then watch, um, then watch us so you can actually see all these things that we're sharing on the screen. Okay. All right, so we're looking at what? Okay, so my paramotor would face, I guess, you see, you see how the, uh, the, um, that called? <laughs> how the hitch goes in back there uh-huh so the prop would be facing that way so the the seat would be facing you know like the picture is there what let me just use my mouse here these right here are steel and they're not movable both of these so the back end of my paramotor slides in underneath both of those and this fits the gas tank, everything there, you know, that's not so much for, uh, you know, preventing an accident as much as it is, you know, um, securing it when you're traveling. But the other thing that I've done, so, so, okay, if I slid it in there and started it, that would probably be just fine because there's no way that it could come forward. These two, these two steel uh, things here would, would prevent that. But then I've also, if I can find there on each end, I've got, I, I've got uh, holes there where I strap the frame also, and that just gives it extra security. So that's the only time I would start my motor on the rack is if uh, it was in a secure situation like that. Agreed. So there you go, Jim. Um, well, I guess real quick, we can, uh, we're going to be um, giving away um, a hook knife from Parasway USA. So if you haven't said hello in the chat and you're just listening to us, make sure you say hello in the chat. Uh, say hi to JP Tulo. He's putting you in the spinning wheel of Winnie things, and we're going to be spinning that wheel in five minutes. Um, JP, at exactly eight o'clock, go ahead and spin that wheel, no matter what we're saying or doing. Okay, bud? Copy that. All right. Good deal. Um what else would you like to see in a on a paramotor that you would like to see in all paramotors just standard now that's one of the things that we're talking about right too um jp said that you know uh, the the difference in cost like having a strobe that's already in your paramotor frame you know, that adds cost, but what if it just came with it? And that's just part of the price of the frame, whether you get it or not. Will, are you saying something? Cause I couldn't hear you. No, no. Okay. So, um, who starts their paramotor on their back? The most who puts it on a rack the most. I am a put it on my rack while well, it's still on the rack when I pull up to the LZ. And then, of course, I um, let it warm up for about, I don't know, as long as it takes for me to set up my wing. And then I put on my back, of course, rev it up for about uh, 15 to 30 seconds before I'm ready to take off to make sure there's no air bubbles. And boom, I'm up, I'm up in the air. How about you guys? I start mine on my back and I see that Jay. 
in the computer. Oh, sorry to bust you out there, buddy. <laughs> what do you do? I, I said, I said, I see JP's in the background there, busily putting in those names. Caught me. As his cat's walking in front of the camera. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, we're going to wrap him off with cat at the end of the night, too. Nice. I was interested. <laughs> I ground start mine all the time now that is strapped to a trike. There you and, go. Uh, but before that, I never ground started. I started attached to a pole a couple times at the hangar, uh, very well strapped on. But uh, yeah, I've never ground started. Um, and I will never. I see way too many videos and pictures, um, not not public, but privately, you know, at fly-ins or, or we talk and they, they show pictures of these things that have happened where, you know, fingers are gone, you know, lash lacerations on shoulders and, and, and torsos. Um, it just, it, you know, risk versus reward. I don't think that there's really any re reward for ground starting. Not anymore. Not after seeing all these videos and pictures. Um, and let's be clear. Some people might not realize when you, when you see somebody throw a motor on their back, crank it, and then sit it on the ground and let it idle, that is not ground starting. When you when you're sitting on the ground and you grab the frame by one hand and you pull, crank it, that that's what ground starting is. Because um, I've got a lot of friends that uh, know better than the ground start. The first few times I saw them, they just throw it on their shoulder, crank it, and then set it down, let it idle, walk away from it. I was like. Yeah, I guess they got past that safety issue of ground starting. Is that's probably okay. I mean, do y'all do that? About, I don't know about walking away from it. Um, I'll set it down and uh, stay within, you know, a couple of ste steps of, you know, if I get my, I'm getting my helmet set up or whatever, just to let it warm up because that's a kind of heavy to be standing there for two to three minutes while the motor warms up. So yeah, occasionally I'll fire it up then put it away but close enough that i can grab that kill switch if it starts acting funny which it will do if uh say uh you don't have fuel in it or something if it, that leans out the motor and that will rev up the motor and cause it to to fall over or go kind of crazy if it's running out of gas that changes the fuel mixture and uh so you got to be careful about that just because you've got to start it doesn't mean you're completely out of danger but i would say the majority of the danger um is kind of uh, minimized once you get it started. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, my, my impression was the uh, the big part of the danger is a lot of times that they'll rev up really quickly right when you crank them, and uh, that's why ground starting is so dangerous. If it's on your back for that initial part, you've gotten past that first safety buffer, but Obviously, walking away from a spinning prop and an engine running is always a safety issue. I've, uh, I've I've tried to start my motor on Krista's rack, but she said no, it doesn't seem safe. So I have to put it on my back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm back. All right. Brian almost spit his beer out. <laughs> yeah. I like Tony's suggestion. He said, you know, about a uh, putting a tack on it from the start and even a, you know, tack and a um, DHT power meter. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of surprised you don't see that. You know, it's not like they're very expensive, 30, 40 bucks for the, the trail tech or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the, the issue with that is a lot of people like the brand or whatever brand they like, and they don't, they're going to end up taking it off. So once again, you're raising the price of that unit for something that someone's going to take off or want to change out after the fact anyways. Can you so explain, know, what, can you explain what, what, what you're talking about? Sure. Uh, what they were saying is that uh, something we'd like to see from the factory is an RPM gauge or an hour meter. Um, one of those is something that a lot of people end up putting on their frames uh, as soon as they get them. But my point was that uh, people tend to like certain styles or certain brands or an all-in-one you know, is it just going to do RPM? Is it just going to be an hour meter? Do you want it to have uh, fuel leveling in it as well? The more parameters that you want to monitor, the more the price is going to go up. So, you know, do you include it with just an hour meter or you want to put RPM in there too? Um, It's just uh, another thing I think that's going to raise the price of a motor from the factory when they're already so expensive. And I think, uh, and the manufacturers are trying to keep them as cheap as possible. So everything well, got, is just I got give an and idea take. for you. Why don't they make it a la carte? And at least you know, you know, it's available. Yes, it's going to cost extra, but at least you know that that particular unit has been tested with that particular paramotor. You know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of a, a, a well thought out um, plan there. Yeah. Sounds good, but a lot of the you know some of these companies are not that big that are making paramotors. Yeah, that's you know true. they don't have a huge R and D department. I, I got to point out in the chat that uh, Jim CR twenty says I don't even like leaving the throttle out of my hand with the engine running. I agree. Uh, John Wayne says, "Has anyone heard of two stroke runaway?" I think I know what he's talking about, but I'm not sure. We probably ought to touch on that. But Hot Butter Steve says. Being circumcised more than once, I don't even think about ground starting. (laughs) 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 Uh, Wow. And that that goes back to that goes back to my old joke. What do you call a cheap circumcision? A (laughs) ripoff. Ouch. It's like a bad band-aid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. JP, we have to do the group shot, you know. Just oh, say, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Oh, and, yeah, let's go ahead and do that in green. I'm here. And, and, I'm here. and okay. it is past eight o'clock. Why, why are we not spinning yet? Oh, uh, lost track of time. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. So, just oh, in no. case y'all don't know, um, we're going to be spinning for a hook knife from Paraswag USA. So, make sure you say hello to JP Tulo. We're going to be spinning yep. the wheel here in just a moment. One, two, three. Excellent. JP, when you go to spin that spinny wheel, clean your lens off your uh, your camera, whatever you're using there. You got a spot on it. Yeah, a little something, something going on there. <laughs> uh, I think I think right. it's um there. Yeah. yeah. It it looks like some white stuff on looks your like face. The sunspot or from that lamp. No, no, it moves. It, it it's it doesn't move unless he moves his camera, so it's on the lens. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Gosh dang. Will, you still got your hand up, Will, by the way. Oh, 
don't know. I thought I thought when I asked the question, it would automatically go away. Well, I can. I can. <laughs> it's not an Apple computer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I can. Not on my, that's the light. I think. I don't know how to do it. I did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to just go over your hand, uh, over your um, mouse, over you, and it says lower hand. Okay, that's cool. All right, so we're going to close this uh, podcast out. That way everybody can hang out with their friends and family and stuff like that. Um, we're going to be spinning for the hook knife uh, while we're doing that. Is there any other questions or thoughts about what would you would like to see in a paramotor that would be, you know, standard uh, as far as safety? No one said anything about netting yet. I think netting is pretty important. Um, I've seen a lot of paramotors that you can put like a basketball through. Um, I've actually seen some people that didn't uh, buckle their helmet and videos of a helmet going through a prop. How in the world does that even happen? What do you guys think about um, netting? Yes. Yes. The only thing I can think about netting is make the diamond smaller in the net. Once again, the smaller you make the holes, the less efficient the, you know, the flying experience is. So it's all give and take. You know, you can make them, you know, like a, a screen in your window. You could make it that big, but it's not going to fly very good. So I'm not really talking about the, the diamond size and, and stuff. It's pretty much, you know, you have the netting on the outside. But on the inside, there's like no netting at all. I mean, you can just put your hands like, through like and the Kangook. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of them out there. They're going for ease of uh, taking it apart and putting it back together, and that's the give and take that you get of being able to rip it apart real quick and real fast. It's it's easy to do that with, but you get you get less uh, you know protection. Um, but yeah, I think they should all come with. Uh, the Kevlar string, not like I. That was one thing I was really disappointed with uh, on the Maverick is the the net string just did not seem very strong to me. It seemed like kind of like kite string, um, and I had some issues with mine tearing just from general use. Same here, and, man. I'm not happy with. It. I mean, it's especially for the price to replace it. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, five hundred dollars for that net. Well, I think it's... the Maverick has the Kevlar going through the hoop or the ring part, the, the blue part, and that's holding the net at the top. And then it has it from your um, twisty tightener things on the bottom. That's Kevlar. I don't think okay. anything else in between is Kevlar yeah. because when I got mine, my starter rope was rubbing and it was like two pulls and I burnt a hole through my... Yep. Net, and then I went and took a lighter to singe it so it wouldn't fray, and I burnt like four more diamonds. And it was like this yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. So for the price for five hundred dollars to replace it, like it should be. It's. I'm, I'm not, you know, poking fun at the the manufacturers because I know it's not easy, but you think you would get a little bit more for the price. Yeah, but this goes back to keeping price down because. If they can save a dollar, they're saving a lot of yep. money in the long run. Absolutely, in volume. It's a trade-off, too. We can build any single part of the paramotor as strong as you want it. But that comes with money. That comes with, I mean, it comes with liability. It comes with safety issues. Um, uh -huh. There's a lot of things to consider. I mean. Especially when there's a high volume of them. Exactly. 
Well, the other thing, the other thing, when they're designing it, as far as something as important as netting, it's my opinion that they need that need. That's an item that should be. It shouldn't cost a lot to replace. It should be easy to replace. It shouldn't cost a lot, you know, because I've seen a lot of nets there uh, around that have just been kind of cobbled back together because of the expense involved in getting a new net. So, uh, yeah. yeah, 500. Yeah, me too. <laughs> with, the, with the Maverick. So, well, the, the netting isn't expensive to replace. It, it's about $10 in material. It's about if you know if you know how to, how to do ten it. hours in labor. Yeah, ten yeah. hours in labor. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what you're paying for. A lot of people don't realize they complain about the expense, but it's you're paying for the labor, and, and and nobody would know better than Eric because he's done a bunch of it at this point. Absolutely. Hey, Mark and Amy, since uh, we're spinning for your hook knife, can you tell us what we're getting um, as we're spinning for the hook knife? You kind of already said what we're getting. <laughs> well, right. Tell us about your company, ParisYUSA.com. Come on now. I'm giving you well, the, the spotlight here. Well, thank you. Well, uh, ParisYUSA.com, you mentioned about focusing more on safety, making everything a more enjoyable, safe flight for everybody. And the hook knife that we feel is an essential part of that because anything can go wrong. And you might need to, um, Jay's done it before, might need to cut loose of something real quick so it doesn't get tangled up. And we just feel like it would be something that you just never know. It's just one of those small pieces of equipment. It's not very expensive. It's not very heavy. And you just never know when you might need it. All righty. So thank you, Amy. With that, I'm going to spin the wheel. Wait a second. I saw it stopped on my name. I thought you already spun it. Yeah, I don't see hay bale on her anywhere at all. I don't think I've seen PPG Grandpa either, but you know. Yeah, they're whatever. they're right next to JP Tulo three times. <clears throat> Sean, you should have gave me more counters giveaway, brother. I didn't have near enough. Oh, counters? Eric, Eric, oh, uh, Jade. Mark uh, George, you want you want your hook knife? Bill Bill A. Excuse me. I don't know. Might be Aaron and I. It's a science guy. It's Bill H. Woohoo. Yay. He got the back last week in our hook knife. He's racking up. Right on, Bill H. And Amy, you're going to take care of that. You're going to give it to Bill H next time you guys hang out? Yes. Next time we can get together. I wasn't fortunate enough to hang out with him this last weekend, but we'll get together soon. Absolutely. Well, congratulations, Bill H. Yay. And thank you, JP Tulo, for being our computer engineer, our senior network engineer uh, at clearproptv.com. We appreciate you and uh, putting everybody's name in the spinning wheel of Winnie Things. Do you got to go now, bud? Uh, we do. We do. Uh, I just want to say it's always a Wait. pleasure. Well, what's up? I thought we were giving away a cat. We're giving away <laughs> a cat. <laughs> Come on, let's have one. Let's have one. Let me see what we got here. Hey, you know what? what? Hey, 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 for fun. Closest one. Hey, JP, for fun, spin the wheel and see who would have won it. Okay, we can do that. Let me yeah. find one. Uh, you want an orange one? Wait, an orange one, put a, a gray one. I want to see you stick a kitten in the oven to pull out a cat. 
<laughs> the white one. I got a lot of crap about that on bad. I want you to know. I got people saying that I shouldn't have posted that because um, it's dangerous and kids are going to retry and do it and all this yeah. stuff. Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I don't know. My comment was that if your kid thinks that's okay, you got bigger issues. Like, right. or they shouldn't be unsupervised on the app. DIY because. printing. Jim said, right. make sure that he is on the wheel because he wants a cat sent to Canada. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll get one. Go cat through. in the box. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just got to put it on dry ice or something like that. Is that how that works? Oh, you put a cat on dry ice. That way he'll make it all the way to Canada. So did you pick your least favorite one there, JP? Is that what you did? Well, so I, p- I picked boy? her favorite one. <laughs> I'm going to be on the couch tonight. So. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, he's boy. a talker, too. He's a talker. So who's oh, going to win the couch? I to that. <laughs> uh, PPG, the other Nick, says, can you ship a cat? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you could. I really would not. I, I mean, you used to be able to with the airlines. All right, let's you know, see. That's when you travel with it. But uh, let's see who. You used to be, you could actually ship an animal. I don't know if they you can order saltwater fish over the internet. I know you can have them delivered. I know you can have uh, tilapia, mice delivered. Let's see who who gets this cat. Mark McGarry, Randy Milstead. Mark McElroy, Jill Perimeter, Louise. Puppy needs a chew toy. It's going to be JR. Oh, it's going to be JR Paramotor. It's JR. Congratulations, JR. Our Paramotor wins the cat. Yes, sir. There you are. He's going to be happy. Somebody mail that cat to JR. Yep. He's coming. He likes to chew on things. and He likes shoe strings. So... Like Lots of Benadryl before you oh, shipping. It's crying. <laughs> okay, go eat your dinner. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So we're giving away cats on the show. I guess we've <laughs> gone to a whole new level of uh, paramotor I'm podcasting. I'm scared. <laughs> You're going to get so much hype mail. <laughs> so wrong. We got so Will wrong. Fly with Krispy Kremes. Yum. That sounds so good. Who loves donuts? Raise your hand. Hey, maybe we can spin the wheel for a donut. Oh, gosh. You guys. JP, you still got that up there? Can you spin the wheel again for a donut? Spin the wheel for a donut. For a spin the wheel for a donut. And you still haven't seat. cleaned your lens. It's, it's not my lens. It's the glare. It. It's the glare. So, spin the wheel for a donut. Hey, um, we got about 15 more minutes before we're going to probably close down this uh, podcast. So any other questions in the chat? What would you like to see standard on paramotors uh, or training? Um, I guess we got about 15 minutes. We should talk about uh, uh, paramotor training, you know, training and SIV and other things like that to hone your skills after you've been playing for a while. Maybe Kelby. Jane Wayne. John Wayne. John Wayne gets a donut. <laughs> John Wayne, you want a donut? So whenever you see oh, Will fly, wow. he owes you a donut. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll give it hey, to you Sean. next time I see you, John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Sean. Can yeah. you read uh, Hot Butter Steve's last comment? 
at uh, 9 15 because it's freaking awesome hot brother oh, comment um no on that one. as soon as you uh, yeah, soon you'll be giving out David David Hasselhoff's T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> John John Wayne, thank you very much. He just uh, donated ten bucks in the super chat with a the sticker. And the sticker is a what is that a uh, a fox with a heart? I'm going to say fox with a heart, unless that's a dog with a heart. Well, it's a cat. Maybe. I think is that's that a, a dog with the cat's heart in it. <laughs> did you want to get ruffled off so thank you bud appreciate that uh, donation in the super yeah, chat he's also he's also a vip on this channel so if you want to see uh videos and things that you know normal people don't get to not normal uh the public doesn't get to but only my um my my members make sure you run over and join this uh channel it doesn't cost very much everything that you uh donate to us we are using to help improve this channel and uh, helping other people get into the air like uh, this next thing that we're doing this next month coming up in September, we're trying to get a disabled vet up in the air for free training and everything. So hopefully that will work. Um, let's see. Any other questions or answers or safety things? SIVs. Let's talk about SIVs real quick. Who thinks that an SIV would be good for a paramotor pilot after he's been flying for a while? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, I'm actually at the, the where I'm at right now camping is where you and I went to the SIV course. Really? That's cool. Yeah. So you know that you know the cell phone service here is horrible. I had to pay I had to pay the park's Wi-Fi prices to join tonight, just so you know. What does that even mean? I had to pay for Wi-Fi for the from the park. Like it's a pay Wi-Fi, because you know the service out here is horrible. Are you paying by the megabyte or gigabyte or terabyte? By the day. No, wow. seriously, I, I there's no service. I'd literally have to leave the. I'd have to drive 20 minutes to go sit in my truck and have this show or do the show with you guys. But it's important that I support this channel, so I paid. I think it was six bucks, but I'm not. I'm just saying. Ow. And I'm getting tore up by mosquitoes sitting out here. Everybody else is inside. It's like 62 degrees. I'm sitting out here with a stupid fan blowing on me. Mosquitoes wearing me out. Ugh. That's what oh, I do you. for the show. You know what I'm saying? Supporting all the way. Well, you are our best um, athletic supporter that we have. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's nuts that you said that. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> Hey Shane. Shane yes, sir. Tomorrow, brother. What's that? My thoughts are with you tomorrow, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate yep. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Sean, back to the SIV question. There was an article I read a few months ago, last time we talked about SIV on your show, where um there's a school in Spain. I can't think of the name of it right now, but their train of thought is new pilots should go to SIV training. Pilots with uh no more than Minimum of 10 hours, but not um, more than six months of flying because it's hard to untrain pilots. And if they're fresh and have developed bad habits, then it's easier to go through SIV training. 
Okay, that's interesting. Um, Brian, when you went to your SIV course, um, how many hours did you have under your belt before you took your first SIV hay bale? Do you remember offhand? Yeah, yeah, I had 100 flights and 50 hours. Okay. Um, what do you guys think that has that have taken the SIV courses? How many, how skilled of a pilot do you need to be to be able to go up doing an SIV? Should it be just 10 hours or should it be, you know, 50 hours, 100 hours? What do you guys think? Dude, I had go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. You know, it depends on the school and the pilot's aptitude. You know, that's what it comes down to. Every pilot is different. Every student that went through Aviator that I've ever known of had, you know, they all had a different amount of flights, had different amount of success when they left, and we have different struggles. Um, there are certain things you need to be able to do before you go to SIV, and we uh, we've talked about it. Uh, but but for sure, man, you, you need you need to have a little bit of experience. I, I mean, sending somebody with 10 flights to an SIV class, to me, the only way that's doable if this is extremely structured. Um, and I don't even think it's doable then. I think you got to have more, a lot more flights under your belt. I think uh, that would be information overload, really. Um, you don't yeah. know what to look for. You don't... Uh, I think the answer is it depends, though. It depends on student it depends on the school it depends on what type of flying you do it depends what kind of conditions you fly in I, it depends on where you fly um to go in with the conditions um uh, yeah that's a loaded question standard list of requirements out there for a, a, a person that wants to take a siv you know and i don't know of anything comprehensive out there you know well i know for when shane and i were at the siv course you had to have some mad kiting skills in some strong winds and be able to stand in one spot and hold that wing above your head you know um, either reverse or in a forward position getting ready to be towed up what do you think shane uh mad kiting skills yeah this is i'm actually posting or putting up my uh so this is this is what happened to me. <laughs> so yeah. go go I ahead go ahead and show us again. Let me go ahead and spotlight you so we can actually see. So what we're, what are we looking at right now, bud? You're looking at me getting drugged. You're looking at me getting drugged to the water. Actually, why don't I just do it this way? This will be much easier. Is, is I don't your, think the feet are your... supposed to point up like that, man. No, actually, what happened? <laughs> actually what happened is my when when i got i was in reverse kiting i brought the wing up and as soon as i brought the wing up the winds were so high that i wasn't comfortable with um it literally launched me in the air and spun me because i was in reverse launch so as soon as the wing came up and i hit brakes it just pulled me straight up spun me around and my foot got actually caught in whatever lines that it got caught in and the wing decided to stay up and it started dragging me right to the water. And uh, I luckily, um, Jonathan jumped on some lines. Uh, PPG Grandpa jumped on, on the, wing, the wing edge. And uh, I stopped right before the water. And, you know, 
was I happy about that? No. Did it push my, my comfort level beyond? Yes. But I also think it made me a freaking better pilot. And Brian, I 100% agree with many of your concerns with, with the particular school that you went to. I should not have been in this situation. Am I glad that I did it? Yes, because it taught me a ton about myself and what I can and can't do. This behind me, this this here is what I can't do. That wind. <laughs> it literally just, I mean, it took me for a ride. And after that, I had uh, I had the instructor holding on to me on the next launch. And I still launched after this, but I mean, you're talking the time you bring the wing up, you turn around, you bow to tell the boat we're ready and the boat takes off. It's there's a video. I don't have enough video of the SIV course um, to make a video, but I can tell you that there's probably almost a minute worth of me kiting waiting for this boat to take off. So when it comes to ground handling and, you know, doing an SIV course, I think, I think it's important that you have some sort of hours under your belt. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not saying anything bad about the school. I'm just, they honestly thought I could do it. And I, I thought maybe I could do it too. This picture shows that I can't on this launch, but the very next launch I did. So, you know, you, you learn something from every launch and landing and I learned this wind right here was too much for me. <laughs> I did. I got spun around and just dumped. Dude, I was hot. I was so mad. I told I told him, I said, listen, if I hit the ground again, I'm done. I'm done for the day. And the next, very next launch, as I did. I launched. It was perfectly fine. But I think I kind of needed this. I would consider this an ass whooping. Pardon my French. But this taught me so much about myself and, and my skill level that um it made me i, I want to say it made me a better pilot uh, my flying skills since this course has been nothing but positive and i've actually thanked the teacher uh the school um because there's been a several occasions where i've taken tip collapses um at swanee i got in that bowl and took two of them uh right away well, as soon as i got in that bowl i just two tip collapses and I didn't panic. I would have panicked way before that ever happened and the winds that I was flying in. And like I said, at the beginning of, of this podcast, um, yes, yesterday's flying afternoon, we hit some really bad winds. I want to say at 400 feet, the winds were coming out of one angle. You go up to 600 feet and it was going the opposite. So the winds were just absolutely horrid. And the entire time, the video, all you see is me looking at the video uh, up at the wing, making corrections the entire time. I'm normally before the SIV course, I'd have landed in that pasture and walked back. I wouldn't have cared. I just wanted to be on the ground, but I was perfectly comfortable in that situation. And a lot, a lot of the reason is because I understand what my wing can and can't do after that SIV course. It takes a lot to collapse a wing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does. I agree. Did they, did they ask you, Shane, if, if you knew how to foot launch and you said, yeah, and that's what you did? Oh, like yeah. A style of foot launch? <laughs> no, I can. Yeah, they. I mean, I see what you're saying there. <laughs> I told them I was an expert at back launching from my butt. <laughs> I'm laughing at you, man. Not, 
don't take it seriously. Laughing at you, not with you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, Sean, Sean asked, NASCAR asked the question, what size wing? It's a 27 meter wing that I fly. It's the only wing I've, I've flew outside of school. Um, and the winds, Sean, what would you say the winds were that day? Um, those were, those were howling. Um, way, I, they were definitely over 10 miles an hour. Um, I, I'm thinking closer maybe to 15 miles an hour steady. With a little bit I've, of gust here and there? I've kited in 10, 15 mile an hour winds and not had this problem. This literally picked me up, spun me around where my feet were above my head to get caught in lines and then slammed me down. <laughs> but I, like I said, I'm not, I wasn't comfortable, but neither was I going 4,800 4, feet in the air and then collapsing my wing. I totally wasn't comfortable with that at all. I mean, the, highest I, I've been before this SIV course was like maybe 2,500 feet or 3,000. And now I'm literally free flying, which I've never done being pulled to the, to heaven on a rope, which I've never done before. Like the whole, the whole process is, I mean, it's exciting, but it's scary as all get out as well. It, you're definitely going to be without, you're going to definitely be outside of your comfort zone the entire time. Even my second uh, SIV course I went to, I was feeling like I was just out of my out of my comfort zone the entire time. But would I do a third one? I would. I think I would do it a different. I, I think I want to do a different school. Um, not from any other reasons. Just I'd like to try a different school, maybe a different instructor to maybe teach me something a different way. So Bob, is the spice of life. Bob McFly wants to know why does one need a SIV? That was my point that not everyone needs it. If if you no. fly with brand new gear in you know uh, less than three mile per hour winds and you know only two minutes before sun, you know, two minutes after sunrise and two hours before sunset and only calm conditions. I think a lot of people don't need it. And I think it's, you know, 100. unnecessary. I agree with you completely. I, my biggest thing is I wanted to learn what my gear can do and what it can't do. That's why I was insistent on using my wing. My wife's like, Hey, you're going there to learn how to, take care of collapses and this and that you're going to learn on your wing because what good is it to learn how to drive a car on one particular type of car when you drive a completely different car you want to learn how to do power slides and everything else on your car so when i got there and i was told that there would be no um stalls or anything else on this on, on my wing which i was completely comfortable with <clears throat> but i wanted to know how to recover it from a full frontal 50% deflations <coughs> and spirals. And that's exactly what I do. I, I do layovers and I do spirals. And that's really about it. <clears throat> but I no, not every pilot needs to do it. And I would not have been flying in yesterday's weather, except for we got caught off guard, even though we checked all of the um, apps on weather. Um, we just had one gigantic storm come rolling through that did not show on any radar. When we landed, I pulled the radar up and it still showed nothing in the sky. And the winds were completely 180 from each other, 200 feet apart. 
that sounds pretty scary. Now, as far as SIVs for me, um, I took my first SIV six months after I started to fly, and I honestly felt like I gained another six months worth of regular flying um, in, in that SIV course. I mean, I felt like, you know, I was so much more confident, you know, not cocky or anything, but I know that that wing, if it does take a little collapse, it's going to open up right away. Um, I, I know that before the SIV class, you always think about wingtip collapses or collapses. You see the the paramotor crash copulation and stuff, and you you're just scared about that that thing whipping down and and you falling to the to the ground. But after going through the SIV course, I realized that it takes a lot of you know, pulling, I mean, I was doing a pull up trying to, you know, collapse the, the, you know, doing a beeline stall and, a, you know, collapsing it, uh, pulling the A's and uh, it took everything I had. And when my hands were cramping up and I couldn't do any more, as soon as I let go, foof, it opened right back up. And since then, I was like, I'm not afraid of wingtip collapses anymore. Matter of fact, I went out this last uh, Sunday. We had a tow clinic, and um, I went up first to see how the wind was on on my motor before we started towing uh, students. And I was getting bounced around, and I actually had a wingtip collapse. Well, it was about two in the afternoon. I was expecting something, but it was I was bumping or bouncing around. Wingtip collapses. I was like, oh, wingtip collapse, pretty cool, because. Shane and I, we can pull big ears. We can take, you know, our outermost days, pull that. And now we're flying at 75% if we're just pulling one side of the big ears. And that's pretty much what a collapse is. 25% on one side and it's no big deal. Right, Shane? Right. No, 100%. And the one thing I took away from the SIV course that I am so very thankful for is during all of the collapses, all of the whatever you're doing, you have an instructor in your ear telling you to look at that wing. I can't tell you how many flights before this SIV that I never, ever looked at my wing. I concentrated on the ground. And that was a habit that I had to break. And this SIV course strictly definitely helped me out with that. With now, I mean, I spend more time looking at my wing than I do anything else once. Um, I'm in the air. I'm high enough. And the wing is doing, if the wing is doing anything funny. I have no problems in the world looking up at my wing. I never did that before. And thanks to this SIV course, I totally, totally am grateful for that. Uh, good night, Brian. But I mean, there's good with the bad when it comes to any, I guess with any, uh, SIV course, but for me, I took some positives from it. This incident that is my screen share, I would say would be a negative for me until I got back up and tried it again. I learned from it. So it's not necessarily that terrible of a negative. I, I did learn. I learned not to be kiting in that wind. <laughs> and I bet your kiting skills are a lot better too. Yes. Oh, man. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love kiting. I love fuck, flying. That's why I said flying. I got a bug in my eye. Sorry. Um, it's this sport is amazing, and you can push this sport as far as you want to. Personally, in between um, 
new guys and, and, and experienced guys, you, the, your reach is, is what you're limited to on your personal stuff. And I actually was told uh, yesterday while flying, I uh, had Jason Russell Smith behind me. And uh, he's like, dude, do you understand what your wingovers are right now? I go, yeah, I've been working on them slowly. I have not scared myself yet because I'm slowly getting a little bit higher, a little bit more, you know, pendulum action going. And uh, I'm I'm working on it. I think I should be further along, but because I've been so cautious about doing it, which has been safer for me. Is the reason why I haven't scared myself. And when I say scare, you know, on a swing set, you get swinging, you get to a certain point, you get light in the seat. I haven't got light in my seat yet, but my wingtip or my wing is almost completely below the horizon. And there's been one or two times I've gotten it, the whole wing below the horizon. And I was like, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> that was fun. And then I reset up, climb a little higher and, and try it again. So it is what it is, and as long as you're safe about it, I think the sport is going to be an uh, awesome thing for me and for anybody else. Hey, Shane. Yes. Uh, how, how, how are you feeling? Don't um, make him angry. We wouldn't like him if he was angry. You're, you're, yeah. not, you're not looking too good right now. I'm a little under the weather. I see that. It should Listen, my light is green. It does not attract bugs. Although I just lied and said a bug flew in my eye, but it doesn't attract bugs. But uh, and green is for gauge, so I wear lime green. There you so. go. There you go. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking an SIV. I know Jade right now doesn't want to do it. Um, I I wouldn't mind doing it just to see what the wings can do. Um, and maybe I'm doing more than I should be doing without taking an SIV yet. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think if I had the opportunity, I think I would, I would do it. Well, in the chat, Bob McFly, I'm McFly. Sorry. Interest. He said, uh, interested in Shane talking about doing an SIV with his own wing. This is the first I've heard of this um, perspective. I was, like I said, my wife was saying that if we're going to pay the money that we were paying to do an SIV to learn how to deal with collapses, this and that, doing it with your own wing, if it collapses in real life outside of an SIV where you have someone on in both ears because you have uh, walkie-talkies on both sides, um, you don't have that in the real world. You just have you in your head. So... I, I was insistent on using my own wing outside of doing full stalls and this and that. Um, I was able to use my wing for everything. And, uh, one thing I found out speed bar on my wing is with trimmers out. <laughs> you go from zero to chaos in a heartbeat. <laughs> it was something that I wasn't expected. Um, actually ended up getting a situation where I was in a, um, I took more than a 25. I took almost a 50% uh, collapse on one side and that folded under my wing and put me in a tight spiral that 
when I say a spiral, I mean, I literally was shrinking in my seat. I could feel my ear, uh, my earlobes starting to touch my shoulders because my head was starting to shrink in. <laughs> and uh, Andrew started yelling, uh, reserve, reserve, reserve. And every time he yelled reserve, I pumped the brake. And when I did on that third reserve that he are pumping, it opened up. But that wasn't that's that wasn't the part that you have to worry about. Now you have all this built up energy. And this is where I think it's important to have an SIV, because if you get into a situation like this, your wing collapses, you come out of it. Now you have all this built up energy. It's just like doing when these guys do wing overs or anything else like that. When they come out of the wing over, they have to deal with all of this energy. My wing surged back so far. When I looked up, I never saw the wing. And when I looked, I heard Andrew before I ever even seen the wing say, um, check it, check it, check it. And next thing I know, this wing literally was flying so fast forward that if I didn't check it correctly, I would have ended up gift wrapped, 100% gift wrapped in this wing. And I checked it and I buried, I mean, buried the brakes. And uh, it, it's, it stopped right where it was supposed to. And I worked out a little bit of the uh, leftover energy from that and everything was fine. And I flew back and landed. And again, as a, as what I consider, I still consider myself a new pilot. November will be two years I've been flying. This was within my first year, way before my first year, maybe eight months into flying. Spot landing was not my thing. Spot landings usually required area codes, but, uh, <laughs> and we're, we're on, we're on a, on, on a, a, a dike, if you will, there's water on both sides. And I have to come in and land this like with no motor to say, Hey, I'm coming in too short or coming in too long. I'll go back around. No, 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 no. <laughs> I landed every time where I was supposed to, how, I don't know. I just, I did, but, uh, it was, it was awesome. Um, it's exhausting. I mean, Sean and I went back, they, we ended up going and having dinner with, uh, the, the school and, I didn't even eat. All I wanted to do was go back and just go to sleep. I was so exhausted from the day. It was just being excited, nervous, scared, all your emotions wrapped up in one day. At the end of the day, all you want to do is go back and go to sleep. Did you get any video of this at all? You know, the, the I have, I, yes, I have very, very little video. I think my first three toes, um, I have video. And then the camera died and I didn't realize it. So I videotaped my other flight without it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, like I said, it, there was so much going on actually reaching down and hitting their power on and record button was just, it was too much. I mean, here I am standing there, kiting my wing, stopping a boat from pulling me into the water until the pressure was too much. And then you start running and then you fly into the air now I got to worry about if my GoPro's on or what. It was just, it was, it's overwhelming. It truly is. But like I said, I actually went back the second time, did a second day. Um, I think I did a lot better the first day. Um, I was using their wing, which happened to be a 30 meter wing. And I could not for the life of me get this thing to come up. Um, I ended up in the water um, only about 10 feet off of the shore 10 feet in the air and my wing wasn't under control. I got it under control, but they had already killed the boat. 
So that just left me drifting to, to the water. <laughs> and the funny, here's the best part. I was looking at the wing when my feet hit the water. Way, I never knew I was I was going into the water until my feet hit the water. And I looked down and went, oh, crap. Boosh. It was over. Power, I, power, power. Yeah, no I, power. I, literally, I literally was looking at the wing and I'm like, okay, everything's good. Why am I feeling? Oh, I was like, oh, dude. And how quickly, how quickly I got entangled in those lines. The wing fell on top of me. And I mean, within minutes my or seconds, my, my feet were tied. And then the boat came back around. I grabbed a hold of the boat. They got my, my feet free. And they told me, just doggy paddle back to the, to the shore. Um, and I doggy paddled back and everything was fine. We got the wing out of the water set it up to dry and uh it was i think that wing went into the water three times that day and three different times i had to wait for it to dry i was standing out there kiting it i could kite it without it being attached to me but as soon as i attached it this 30 meter wing i or i think it was a 35 meter wing it was it was a tandem wing i'm not sure why i was on that i really don't i'm not that heavy um but Mark H in the chat wants to know after my SIB course, did I send it in to have it checked over? I did not. After um, Bad Apples this year, I took it in. Um, it was just a year and a not even a year and a half old. Um, and I actually turned it in because I have been doing a lot of spirals. I've been doing a lot of wing overs. I've done two SIBs. Or actually, I should say one SIB on it. And... Uh, it came back perfectly fine, except for the brake lines, which I already figured out that the eyelets, I had the, the brake lines had actually um, wore a hole or a line in the uh, the eyelet. So we had actually um, Eric uh, sanded the eyelet down to get that groove out. And then we turned the eyelet so that the groove is at the bottom. Everything so far has been uh, a-okay with it. Everything passed in the, during inspection. Inspection. Good deal. Uh, John, uh, John Wayne, join us. Thank you for joining us. Um, Bike Man Cody, thanks for the $10 donation. And Amy George has her hand up. What's up, uh, Amy? Did you want to say something? Yes. Um, noticed in the chat about Nick Perini, he mentioned something about when he, um, that last flight, when he went into the water, he was flying on a Rebel. And, you know, the way the gas tank is situated compared to other uh, units, the gas tank is usually on the bottom of the Rebel. It's, you know, on your back. So it changes your center of gravity. He's convinced that that rebel and the where our gas tank is is what helped with his buoyancy to help him keep stay above water when he went into ten feet of water. The other Nick went into water with his rebel. Yes, Nick Perini. So you know that's a you know ten feet of water he went. And he um, mentioned something in the chat. I was going through, so I just kind of want to point it out. But, you know, that's, you know, what unit you fly to could also be considered, you know, safety feature as well. When did that happen, Amy? I didn't catch it in the chat. Um, I'm really not sure what he did. I know it's like, I believe it's his last yeah, flight. Yeah, he has to make completely put, but he mentioned something in chat tonight. I have to go back and look at it again. That's all right. I'm, I'm looking for it. Interesting. So when uh, when Shane went into the water, Shane, did you have life vest on? Yes, and I had uh, the flotate or the 
the foam from the uh, free flight harness okay. and all of that, even, even with, with the life jacket on, um, my head still wanted to go in the water. Like I was doggy paddling my butt off to keep my head above water until I hit shore. I will tell you, I'm, I'm a Florida boy, born and raised. I swim in, in freshwater all the time. Gators don't scare me. I went in this water and the boat comes up and they're pulling the line in with the boat from on the winch and the stupid parachute thing that's attached to your line. It rubbed on my damn thigh as it went by. And I instantly <laughs> thought, I was like, Oh shoot. I'm going to get eight by gator. <laughs> and my legs were already tied up and they're like, stop kicking. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, there's a gator under me. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, yeah, but I mean, don't get me wrong. It, for me, it was not a great day on my second SIV. The first day was all, our first time. It was awesome. But uh, I mean, I did learn. It did make me a better pilot. It's made me a, a much more confident pilot in my gear. And uh, I, that's that's um. That's about it for my SIV. Hey, Shane, do you yes, think SIV is for everybody? No. No, if you're a fly straight, and like JP said earlier, if you're flying, you know, 30 minutes after sun, sunrise and, and two hours before sunset, you really got no worries. And the winds are light. Um, the likelihood of you hitting anything that was that's going to cause any kind of issue, um, I, I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think it was for me <laughs> when I was doing it, but afterwards I was like, Oh, thank God I did it. But during it, I was like, dude, what am I doing here? Like it, I, I'd never been to 4,800 feet. I'd never even been close to 4,800 feet. Now I'm free flight. <laughs> I mean, I, and they didn't even ease you into, um, you know, you disconnect from the, from the tow rope, you put your hands through, or you set your uh, trimmers back to, to full or you pull your trimmers all the way in you run your hands through your brake lines and then you grab the brake lines and then you start doing things to your wing that is completely unnatural to you at a height that you've never been to like i'm sitting there and there was no warming up as soon as i got my hands through the brakes he's like okay we're gonna go ahead and do a 50 percent deflation let's go ahead and pull all your a lines i was like well, we're not even going to work into this. We're not going to get comfortable with this or nothing. We're just going to start collapsing crap. And that's exactly what happened. I, I The very first time I only grabbed, um, I only grabbed two of the three A lines and I missed, I missed the third one. And then he told me to let go. And then this time you're going to go ahead and grab all three A lines. I was like, Oh, there's three. Okay. And of course my head was, or my face was all red and, and, uh, I was just waiting for the bottom to fall out, but it never did. It just, I mean, you never, even on a full frontal, you do not feel like you're falling. Like you're, you don't feel like you're just like you jumped off a cliff. It's, it's controlled to a point. I mean, there is a whole lot of chaos going on with your wing above you, but for you personally, it's, you're just sitting there shaking back and forth like this. You're just like, Oh crap. And then as soon as you let go, you control the energy and you turn around and do it again.
exactly um it it, it to me was life-changing and i feel like i'm a much better pilot because i went to the siv classes and i feel a lot more secure in my gear secure in my gear um who else went to uh, siv classes in the panel that would like to talk about it anybody or did nobody else take any siv courses hey, well, hey Shay, i have one more question for shane or a actually amy did okay well um I know Sean's talked about saying, you know, you need to do an SIV course. And I keep hearing these stories. I'm thinking, no way, Jose. So what made y'all decide to go ahead and go to SIV when we talk about it's not for everybody. If you're flying safe and straight, then is it just because you wanted to go to another level and you're flying or? No, honestly, I just wanted to know exactly what my gear would do. I want yeah. confidence in my gear. We put on seatbelts every day in our cars, but we don't actually know what they can or can't do. You know what I mean? Like you clip it in and think you're completely safe. Well, I don't want to be flying along and think I'm completely safe and I get into a situation and not know how to deal with it. I think, honestly, at Swanee, when I got into that bowl, at the end of the runway, there's trees and it's just a big bowl. And there were some higher winds and I got into rotor. I got into some bad rotor. And uh, actually, when I landed after I had taken the two tip collapses, um, I landed and told everybody in the group that was camping next to me, I said, don't go in that bowl. And within three, four minutes, me putting my wing away, somebody smacked the ground over there. And uh, it, I mean, I honestly think if if I hadn't gone to the SIV course, I would have just let off throttle and just I don't know what I would have done. I mean. That's the thing for me. I want to know what my gear is for and what it can do. And I think the SIV course definitely helped me figure that out. I agree. Um, I wanted I wanted to know how to do a couple of things when I went to the SIV class. I wanted to do wingovers, um, spirals, and um, that's really the only two things that I really wanted to do. And um, it was it was pretty interesting and i learned a bunch of things i didn't know that i wanted to learn so that was pretty cool too so sean when you went to the you, you went to the siv class with a couple of things in mind of what you wanted to work on and they were okay with that or did they want you to kind of progress to that level well um the good thing about the siv schools is that what you want to do is what the instructors want to teach. If you want to just learn big ears, which is actually somebody actually went to a class and just learned how to do big ears. That's all they want to do, just big ears. They went to the school and um, all day long they towed and they just learned how to do big ears. Um, and if that's all you want to do, that's all you have to do. Some people want to do other things like collapses. You know, I wanted to feel like what an asymmetric collapse would feel like, you know, and, and, uh, and, and to do a spiral because, you know, what worried me before I went to the SIV course was number one, in the first six months of you flying, you're worried about wingtip collapses. Like what if, what if the wingtip collapses? What happens if, you know, I bank too sharp? Am I going to drop a lot of altitude? You know, I mean, because that's one of the things that you think about is altitude. You know, how much how much can I pull? How much brake can I pull on a stall before my wing actually stalls? And then when it stalls, what does it do? 
you know um um can i fly straight if half my wing is collapsed well guess what i collapsed half my wing i was flying 50 percent of my wing straight with weight shift of course you know i pulled my brakes all the way down to stall it which you know which is um which is interesting i had to wrap three times pull all the way down as far as i can go waited <laughs> and finally the damn thing stalled out so i know that you know some of the th i mean isn't that one of the things that you guys hear about before you start learning to fly is like you pull too much brake, you're going to stall and, and uh, go parachutal well i already know that it's going to take some serious you know uh stall for me to actually stall the wing and then when it stalls i know as soon as i let it back up it goes poof right back up so i walked away from the first siv very confident that my wing the the scariest part of the wing um you know the wingtip collapses or you know things like that it's not going to happen those things that i was worried about gone just just gone all my worries gone because i know exactly what's going to happen did I speak too much? Was that too much of an answer? Sean, um, when you said you took three wraps to make it stall, that means you're pulling the wing and making it go backwards. Is that right? Well, I first tried to stall the wing by just taking the brakes and going straight down and holding it. Well, with that all the way down like that, I was still I was still going forward, but I wasn't stalling the wing where I went parachutal. So went back hands up, felt that surge, right? Wrapped it twice, pulled it all the way down again, right? Waiting for that that stall where I could go parachutal, you know? Nothing. I mean, yeah, it slowed down a little bit more, but it wasn't like a parachutal stall. I had to wrap three times, and once I did, once it stalled, it stalled, went down, and then when it opened up, it did go back for that back, um, you know, going back, back tail slide, right? The back tail slide, and then went forward. So I know, me personally, if I totally go stupid and you know I need to scratch my butt, and I just reach down like this and scratch my butt with my brake in my hand, I know that you know. I know exactly what's going to happen. My butt will be scratched, but I'm not going to collapse the damn wing. <laughs> but no, seriously, what I'm saying is I know what my wing can do. I know that if I do pull all the way down this way on one side and out the other, I'm going to start going into a, um, a spin, um, a flat down spin where, you know, the wing is straight out in front of me and I'm looking straight down. And what's really neat is that your center of gravity as you're doing this flat down spin is the set is the is the lines so your wings going one way you're going the other way and the center is the lines between your you and the wing which is amazing i've never seen such a thing and i know how to get out of it in case something happens like you, you know one of the things that i was worried about too was what happens if you get to a flat down spiral or spiral that you can't get out of you know where people just go all the way down and they and they and they hit you know that was another thing that i was worried about how do i get out of a, a spiral and i learned how to get out of a spiral so i feel very confident that i don't have to worry about being locked into a spiral so it just really helped me feel more confident in my gear which is what shane was saying too and knowing that if i get myself in a situation bad air or what happens 
um, my wing collapses and it's just flapping in the wind. Number one, I know how to shake that booger out and open it up. If it doesn't and, I, and it's wrapping around, now I know how to throw a uh, reserve. And once the reserve opens up, I know how to pull in my glider and it's a big stall ball and I know how to do that. And, you know, I, I you, you hear about pulling a reserve or, you know, um, throwing your reserve, you know, right? Tossing the laundry. How does that feel when you are underneath the reserve? Well, the SIV course helped me understand what it feels like to be underneath the reserve. And, you know, you have your harness, your carabiners that has your, your glider, right? Well, your reserve is usually on your, on your harness. So when you pull the reserve, your harness goes up, right, on the sides. So now your reserve is right here, and that feels a lot different than when you're flying um, straight with your, with, you know, when you normally fly with your carabiners connected to your risers. So that's something I didn't know either, and it felt totally different. I will, I will say the, my last part of the SIV, getting into a collapse, getting into a spin, that's, that's just the start of the race. <laughs> And what I mean by that is once everything is checked, opens back up, you have all of this energy that you have to deal with. And that SIV course taught me how to deal with the energy. And what I mean by the energy, the, the wing's going to surge behind you and then come just straight barreling forward. And when it goes forward at a high rate of speed, it goes under you and you free fall into that wing. It literally has taught me, um, my, my point of view of the SIV is it taught me wing management, how to control that wing, even at its worst attitude, <laughs> worst condition, and the, the energy that you have to absorb when you recover from, from a, a frontal or a 50%, even, even the 50%, when I let go of, of uh, a 50%, the uh, surge on it was incredible. And learning how to deal with your wing, whether it's flying or not flying, is half the problem or half, half the solution. It's when it comes back out to flying and has all this built-up energy, you have to learn how to deal with that. And thankfully, I learned a lot from that and... I can't, I can't, uh, I can't take any less information from it than that. Then I know now when my wing sh surges behind me, that's coming back forward. And when it comes back forward, it's usually coming faster than it went back. So you got to learn how to deal with that. You know, this is a very interesting topic. I wonder next week, how about we continue talking about the uh, wing energy and the different dynamics of wings even though you may have the same type of wing or the same size for example um roadster 3 28 meter gin vantage 28 meter they performed totally different i mean opposite uh well not opposite they performed differently at an siv course where I could do a horseshoe no problem with uh, Roadster 3. When I try to do it with uh, the Gen Vantage, let Shane tell tell you how I how my butt puckered. Oh, no, my butt puckered, and I was on the ground. <laughs> I was watching it on TV. I was like, holy crap. Um, Sean ended up in a full riser twist, 
and coming out of the sky like a like a Halley's comet. And uh, I I couldn't believe it. I was just like, wait a minute, that's what I'm doing next. No, I'm not ready for that. And I went up on my um, Link Two uh, 27 meter wing and did it. And I could have flown I could have flown a, around with it for in a horseshoe um, forever. I mean, I literally, there was no issue, but Sean did it and he got into a riser twist. The only thing I can think of, Sean, and I've, I've discussed this before with you. I don't know when you put your, your two inside A's together and you went up to the, to the two A's and I don't know if you yanked down on it or, or you, I pulled gently down and I don't know if that was the difference. I honestly don't know. I have never done one with my paramotor on my back because, uh, all I can see is you falling out of the sky. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> well, well, you know, with, with the Roadster, you know, I put the two together and I was pulling down. And I had great horseshoe, no problem. With the Gin Vantage, I put those two together. And as I was starting to pull like this on the A's, the whole thing just collapsed. And I went to a free fall. And I tell you what, the only time I've ever lost my stomach, like I was in a roller coaster, was that time. That's the only time ever have I lost my stomach and with and falling down like that and everything collapsed right there and going to that riser twist. That was the scariest thing that I've ever encountered uh, so far uh, flying. The scariest thing I've seen flying. <laughs> that was on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's do, anyway. this after, let's do this after party thing. We, we apparently are in the after party. Um, do we want to, do we, do we want to uh, continue to stream live or do we want this private? Well, that's up to you. I, I don't have, I don't plan to fly tomorrow morning. Um, actually today I could have literally flown any time today, but I got some other things going on today. So I did All not right. fly, but well, the winds were, the winds were no more than two miles an hour and it was overcast all day today. Like absolutely perfect day to fly anytime. And I played Clue, Jenga, Monopoly. Well, Sounds something. awesome. All right. Uh, so uh, I dropped the uh, meeting ID and passcode into the, um, into the super chat. Uh, we appreciate you all coming over here and hanging out with us today. We're going to continue to talk privately. That's not being streamed. So we can say whatever we want to and talk about whatever we want to. So if you want to, please uh, join us. I just dropped the meeting ID and passcode in here. So um, thank you very much for joining us. I think next week we need to talk about wing energy and uh, wing management and wings themselves. I mean, if you know anybody that knows anything about wings, manufacturing and uh you know anything about like that please let us know tell them that we need them next week which is going to be august 30th holy smokes that'll be the last monday of august then it's gonna be september where is the time going guys hey, hey sean oh. I'm, I'm an expert at chicken wings just so you know hey we are definitely going to be talking to you about chicken wings then i'm just talking about eating them not making them i suck oh. at making <laughs> <laughs> you suck eggs at making chicken wings <laughs> all right so uh thank you guys very much for joining us um jim uh 
from DIY Printing. We appreciate you for jumping in here also and hanging out with us. He's the one that uh, was able to make all of our calendars, which I gave out and um, over at Moonshiners. So I think, uh, hey, does Parisway USA have any more of those calendars? I know that gave you guys a bunch. Oh, where'd they go? Are they gone? Oh, they're gone I, already. I think I we gave them all away. I don't remember seeing any when we were unloading the camper. Okay. Also, we also gave a bunch to uh, Resurgence. That you, way man. they could ask for donations for them and actually, you know, get some bucks. So thank you, Jim, for helping us out. We appreciate you. Uh, Will Fly, you can find his shenanigans at willflyppg.com. Never trust a skinny chef, Shane. You make sure you run over to his channel, which is ppgshane.com. Paramomusa.com, that route forwards over to Linda Anderson. She's our PR girl. Uh, Walter, um, you can find him at ppgwalter.com. I don't think he's posted anything, but you know, you might need to, uh, John Wayne, thanks for jumping on. He's uh PPG geriatric and you can find him at one, two, three PPG.com Mark and Amy George over at Paris Wag USA and Nick. Um, he is what are, are you actually going by PPG, the other Nick.com? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet, but you probably will. Y'all have a uh, one. Oh, Mark um, McElroy from Paralife PPG is jumping on. So, um, oh. Mark from ParalifePPG.com. I see that you're munching on something connecting the audio. <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you sell over on your stuff, uh, Mark McElroy? He's muted. He's muted. Uh, we. I uh, I have uh, decals, cups, and T-shirts, and I just put in uh, about an order of 180 shirts today. So I'll have new colors, and so I'll have those at Dave Purden's. Well, we want to know the, the fabric and why your shirts are so soft, but we're not going to put that out there for the whole world to hear. This is going to be private only, so make sure you join us for – our after show which is not going to be too long i think maybe about a half an hour or so but uh, we definitely appreciate you guys for jumping here uh night you all and we'll see you next week um on episode 86 where we're talking more about wing energy on tuesday um not this tuesday but next tuesday you'll find shane at uh, ppgshane.com and then on wednesday we have our another show um pp uh, not ppg www.paramotorgirl.com all girl podcast thursday night hey thursday night what's going on on thursday night paramom usa who's that hey paraglidingtalk.com with your host robert michaels be there or be square (laughs) and there seems to be nobody that has a show on friday or saturday and david wolf has our paramotor nation on sunday thank you all for listening we're going to be kicking back here in the after show you're more than welcome to join us and we'll see you next time peace out Good night.